Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of The Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. <laughs> so happy to join with you on this beautiful, beautiful day. So grateful. Aren't we blessed? We have A Course in Miracles. I feel so blessed by it all of the time. It's just the the gift that keeps on giving to Jennifer Hadley, and I'm so grateful. So, uh, as you may know, Our topic today is the Lessons of the Holy Spirit, which is actually a section in the text, in case you don't know. And we're going to dive right into that after we dive right into this prayer together. So I invite you to place your hand on your heart and let's open our our life, our mind, our availability to the Holy Spirit. Let us be so grateful and so thankful that love is all that we are. Love is all that there is. Love, love, love. <laughs> We're partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self. So grateful and thankful to relinquish all sense of lack, all sense of limitation. Grateful and thankful to open ourselves to the unprecedented flow of divine love and wisdom. We are grateful. We are thankful to consciously attune to pure spirit, remembering how perfect we are, remembering how perfect our brothers and sisters are. We're willing to forget every story that we've made up about ourselves and anyone else. Grateful and thankful to let the past go. Grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to experience profound healing. So we come together with this purpose of awakening, this purpose of healing, this purpose of remembering. So grateful, so thankful to joyously allow ourselves to remember the truth. In gratitude, we let the healing be. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all. We let it be. We let it be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, just taking a breath and listening to spirit here, how to begin. And what I'm getting is just giving thanks for the Living a Course in Miracles series we just completed on having a spiritual career, beautiful classes, beautiful sharing. I'm so inspired. It's so uplifting for me to participate in that free series of classes. And um very excited about Finding Freedom starts tomorrow. Registration closes tomorrow, October 4th. And right now we are diving into the lessons of the Holy Spirit. Oh, and I'm going to mention, uh, if you're going to be in North Carolina at the weekend of Freedom Retreat this weekend, I will be there as well. If you uh, haven't registered yet and you think you might like to go, um, uh, I'm going to be sending out information on the, there's a live stream, but there's nothing like being there live if you can join us live. And uh, so uh, those details at jenniferhadley.com. And uh, all right, lessons of the Holy Spirit. Woohoo! Yes. And it begins with, like any good teacher, the Holy Spirit knows more than you do now, but he teaches only to make you equal with him. So again, we're chapter 6, section 5, it's my page 103. And so, uh, what are the lessons of the Holy Spirit? Well, it it's, uh, says here... You'd already taught yourself wrongly, having believed what was not true. So we've been there, done that. Jesus says, you did not believe in your own perfection. Would God teach you 
that you had made a split mind when he knows your mind only as whole? No. What God does know is that his communication channels are not open to him. So we are his communication channels. And if we're not listening to the Holy Spirit, if we're listening to the ego and believing the ego thought system, then we're not open communication channels for God. And since we're not open, it says, God cannot impart his joy and know that his children are wholly joyous. Giving his joy is an ongoing process, not in time, but in eternity. God's extending outward, though not his completeness, is blocked when the sonship does not communicate with him as one. So, he thought, so this is God thinking now, my children sleep and must be awakened. How can you wake children in a more kindly way than by a gentle voice that will not frighten them, but will merely remind them that the night is over and the light has come. So this is the function of the Holy Spirit, to gently wake us. It goes on, you do not inform them, your children, if you're going to wake them gently, you do not inform them that the nightmares that frighten them so badly are not real, because children believe in magic. You merely reassure them that they are safe now. Then you train them to recognize the difference between sleeping and waking, so they will understand they need not be afraid of dreams. And so when bad dreams come, they will themselves call on the light to dispel them. So this is what the training of A Course in Miracles is, is to recognize that the aspects of our life that feel nightmarish and depressed and dark and lonely and frightening and worrisome and guilt-ridden, shame-filled, etc., they are nightmares that we can gently wake from with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And that's the whole purpose of A Course in Miracles, is to support us in waking up. It says, a wise teacher teaches through approach, not avoidance. The wise teacher does not emphasize what you must avoid to escape from harm, but what you need to learn to have joy. To me, this is so helpful to understand. And if we can apply this in our own self, in our curriculum, our self-study of A Course in Miracles, that we, we don't have to say, oh, Jennifer, don't do that. Jennifer, that's wrong. Jennifer, that's bad. Jennifer, stop it. Jennifer, Jennifer. I, I learned to flip that over and instead start encouraging. Well done, Jennifer. Oh, look how patient you were there. Oh, there's an opportunity to be kind. Let's grab it. There's an opportunity to extend love. Let's maximize it. There's an opportunity to practice patience. Let's go for it. Rather than that ego voice of you better do this, you should do that, if you don't do this, if you don't do that. That's how you learn the difference between the voice of spirit and the voice of the ego. Is The voice of spirit is, there's an opportunity. And the voice of the ego is, if you don't do that, you're a loser. It goes on to say here, Consider the fear and confusion a child would experience if he were told, do not do this because it will hurt you and make you unsafe. But if you do that instead, you will escape from harm and be safe, and then you will not be afraid. It is surely better to use only three words, and here are the three words, do only that. You see, and that's how you recognize Spirit's voice. Spirit's voice is 
always leading you to what will be most helpful, most loving, most expansive. And the ego is always looking at everything through lack, attack, limitation, and separation thinking. Do only that. Do only that which extends love. This simple statement is perfectly clear, easily understood, and very easily remembered. The Holy Spirit never itemizes errors because he does not frighten children, and those who lack wisdom are children. Yet, the Holy Spirit always answers their call, and the Holy Spirit's dependability makes them more certain. Children do confuse fantasy and reality, and they are frightened because they do not recognize the difference. The Holy Spirit makes no distinction among dreams. He merely shines them away. The Holy Spirit's light is always the call to awaken whatever you have been dreaming. Nothing lasting lies in dreams, and the Holy Spirit shining with the light from God himself, speaks only for what lasts forever. So now there are three, count them three, three uh, lessons here of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And uh, we're going to break these down as best we can in the time that we have. (laughs) So, the first one, you, you may well be familiar with it, is to have, give all to all. Practicing that has changed my life. And the second one is, to have peace, teach peace, to learn it. And my life is a living demonstration of that. And then... The third one is, be vigilant only for God and his kingdom. All right. So let's, let's dive into these three so that we can, by the end of our time together today, have clarity on all three. To have, give all to all. And I love this in paragraph two where it says, the Holy Spirit, as always, takes what you have made and translates it into a learning device. Again, as always, the Holy Spirit reinterprets what the ego uses as an argument for separation into a demonstration against it. Now, to have an awareness of love Give an awareness of love to all. To have patience, share patience, give patience, extend patience. To have compassion, extend compassion. To have, give all to all. Now, this part about the Holy Spirit takes what you have made and translates it into a learning device. Again, as always, the Holy Spirit reinterprets what the ego uses as an argument for separation into a demonstration against separation. This is, uh, to me, an explanation of how everything works together for our good. So this is one of the foundations of A Course in Miracles. Everything works together for good. There are no exceptions. It's because the Holy Spirit always takes what you've made and translates it into a learning device. The Holy Spirit reinterprets what the ego uses as an argument for separation into a demonstration against it. So, if we choose to withhold love, we'll feel constricted, we'll feel loss, we'll feel lack, we'll feel limitation, we'll feel pain and suffering. It's always the result of withholding love. Blocking out the Holy Spirit in our mind leads to a feeling of inner darkness. 
there's no inner darkness, but it feels that way when we are blocking the flow of love. It's like if you can imagine that your heart is meant to be, as I say so frequently, the perfect giver and receiver of love. So in that complete flow of love, perfect giving and receiving. Now, if you stop that and you're not receiving love from God, not extending it to life around you, people around you, then you're going to move into an experience of stagnation. And it's just like if you had a river and you decided you were going to create a block in the river, right? So what would happen? Well, the the water would need to go somewhere. So it would, it would create a pool and then it would go around. It would, so in that pool might well become very stagnant, might become like a swamp, might become, uh, really, um, dank and, um, things would die in it. So rather than supporting life, it would, uh, become like a, a place where dead things are. And uh, so whenever there's dead plant life, dead animal life, right, it becomes putrid. So this is what happens in our heart when we're not in the flow of giving and receiving love. It's a choice that we make. The Holy Spirit will always help us get back into the flow the minute we are willing and desire to. So it's really up to us. But Most of us have experimented with blocking the flow of love, withholding love, moving into that experience of stagnation, withdrawing, uh, very often because we think it's not safe to be open-hearted and loving. But you know what? It's always safe to be open-hearted and loving, to have give all to all, to have freedom, extend freedom to everyone, to have abundance and prosperity uh, don't withhold from people which means uh, no giving to get but just sharing no hoarding right so let's just just look within our own heart here and take a moment is there any place in our life in our mind where we're hoarding money things affection Usually if we look at some place in our experience where there's challenge and difficulty, we're not in the flow of love in that particular area. And we can change our mind and we can shift that. Hmm. Taking that breath. Just feeling that. So the Holy Spirit takes what We've made the stagnation, the pain, the suffering, and translates it into a learning device. So the pain is pushing us to make a new choice. We don't have to live uh, in pain. We can open our mind to a vision of love. And we can call to the Holy Spirit to remove the blocks in our mind, the blocks in our heart, and to open up the floodgates of love. And the Holy Spirit generally is not going to um, just suddenly create this Niagara Falls of love flowing through your heart, just like the Holy Spirit isn't going to wake you from the nightmare suddenly. It's going to be more gentle. So it's, can you be loving with this um, this person who's impatient? Can you be loving with this person who's sarcastic? Can you be loving with this person who's narcissistic? That's how the Holy Spirit is going to present you opportunities to get back in the flow if you're out of the flow. But our experiences 
are always to help us learn. That's why Lesson 135, Paragraph 18, it says, What could you not accept if you but knew that all events, everything in your life, was gently planned by one whose only purpose is your good? So, the ego always looks at everything and says, this is why I can't trust them. This is why it's not worth loving them. This is why it's not safe to love. This is why it's not uh, worth doing to volunteer, to, to um, whatever. All the ways that we might consider extending love, the ego will say, don't do it. You could get hurt. Don't do it. They're not worth it. They don't deserve it. That's such a big one with the ego, right? You you don't deserve love. And what does the Spirit teach us over and over and over again? Everyone deserves the maximum amount of love because <laughs> all expressions of love are maximal. That's the teaching of A Course in Miracles and that we've already been given the maximum amount of love because we are love. That's what we are. Teach only love because that's what we are. So the moment we start thinking about not extending love, then we're in line with the ego. So consider this. Make it a practice of being vigilant only for God. That's one of the other lessons of the Holy Spirit. To be vigilant only for God, that every time you start to feel like you'd like rather withhold, you'd rather punish, rather than extend patience and kindness and generosity and compassion, you're going to withhold. They don't deserve it. That that's the ego's thought about it. It's never God's thought about it, because God has already given us complete love, perfect love. It's what we're made of. It's what everything in life is of. And we are of God, not of this world. The world is an illusion. So how can you make anything that's real and eternal and everlasting from an illusion. You can't do it. You can't do it. It can't be done. So that's how we know that we're real. But you see, we get fooled because the body uh, dies. The body dies. But you see, this was the message of Jesus' human experience is that the crucifixion was his way of demonstrating the body is a projection of the mind and can be completely transfigured, transformed, resurrected, and is not necessary to us in our eternal life. In this same paragraph 2 of uh, section A of the Lessons of the Holy Spirit, It says, if the mind can heal the body, but the body cannot heal the mind, then the mind must be stronger than the body. Every miracle demonstrates this. I think that's pretty easy to grasp. The mind can heal the body, but the body cannot heal the mind. He goes on to say, I have said that the Holy Spirit is the motivation for miracles. Holy Spirit always tells you that only the mind is real because only the mind can be shared. The body is separate and therefore cannot be part of you. To be of one mind is meaningful, but to be of one body is meaningless. By the laws of mind, then, the body is meaningless. To the Holy Spirit, there is no order of difficulties. This is familiar enough to you by now, but it has not yet become believable. 
Therefore, you don't understand it and cannot use it. So let's let's make the decision here and now that we're going to live the lessons of the Holy Spirit and we are going to recognize, recognize in our mind that there's no order of difficulty in miracles. In other words, a miracle being a change of, of mind from the, the ego thought system to the Holy Spirit's thought system to shift from a false thought to a true thought to a false belief to what is true, whether it's related to the topic of infinite abundance, eternal life, relationship, Whatever the topic is, doesn't matter. It's just simply a miracle is a shift in our thinking from a false belief to what is true. So when we are aligned with truth and fully aligned with truth, then we can do things like have instantaneous healing of a tumor the size of a grapefruit. And I know people that have experienced that. And we can have miraculous healing of the physical body. We can have miraculous healing of the mental body. I know people personally who suffered from depression for well over a decade, sometimes as much as 30 years, consistent, constant, uh, in and out of chronic, debilitating depression, and they have, through their experience of spiritual awakening, spiritual practice, they have changed their minds, and the depression has ended. After decades... No order of difficulties, because changing your mind is the miracle. The translation to our physical human experience, in our mind, oh, healing a tumor the size of a grapefruit is much bigger than someone forgiving um, something in a relationship. And forgiving someone for burning the toast is much smaller than forgiving someone for running over their dog with a car. That there's this order of difficulty. But it really is a shift in our thinking is the only thing that will bring forth a miracle. That's the thing that makes us miracle-minded. And we just have to be willing to practice this in order to remember that it's true because it's already in our mind that it's true. It's just we've built up all this experience based on our belief that it's not true. And so we have this idea that there is an order of difficulty to miracles and we can let it go. It says here, So we can't, and we can't use this, this, um, our, our miracle mind as long as we believe that the order of difficulty, uh, exists. So he says, we have too much to accomplish on behalf of the kingdom to let this crucial concept slip away. That's why we're focusing on it today. It is a real foundation stone of the thought system I teach and want you to teach. You cannot perform miracles without believing it because it is a belief in perfect equality. Only one equal gift can be offered to the equal sons of God. And that is full appreciation. Nothing more and nothing less. Without a range Order of difficulty is meaningless, and there must be no range in what you can offer to your brother. To have, give all 
to all. See the perfect wholeness and oneness in our mind and extend it to all without exception. Hold no one outside of your mind, of your heart. No one. No one. Put, place no one on the outside to have Give all to all. Doesn't mean that you're going to make everybody dinner. You know, uh, some people, no, you wouldn't wish to invite them into your home because of the way they're demonstrating right here, right now. But you can still hold them as not separate and one in your heart. Yes, 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 yes. Well, it's time for us to take a break and... I am grateful, grateful, grateful that we're joining together. We'll continue this after the break. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk right here on Unity Online Radio, and I will be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And we're back. So glad we're back. (laughs) Oh, so I'm going to uh, jump ahead to the next... uh, Lesson of the Holy Spirit, which is B, to have peace, teach peace to learn it. All who believe in separation have a basic fear of retaliation and abandonment. That is really helpful for us in our relationships with other people to recognize that all people have a basic fear of retaliation and abandonment. So, let's forgive them for that. Let's not judge them for that. We've experienced it. Wouldn't we like to have our belief in retaliation and abandonment be met with compassion to help us lovingly discard it, dissolve it, and resolve it? Yes, we would. So, let us extend that same compassion to our brothers and sisters. It says, these insane ideas of, uh, excuse me, they believe in attack and rejection, so that is what they perceive 
and teach and learn. These insane ideas are clearly the result of dissociation and projection. What you teach, you are. But it is quite apparent that you can teach wrongly and can therefore teach yourself wrong. Many thought I was attacking them, even though it was apparent I was not. An insane learner learns strange lessons. What you must recognize is that when you do not share a thought system, you are weakening it. This is key. So to have, give all to all. So in order to understand love and the healing power of love, in order to understand your eternal, infinite nature, in in order to understand there is no difficulty, no no (laughs) order in the difficulty of miracles, we must share that thought system of the Holy Spirit. If we're not sharing it, if we're teaching something other than love, we're weakening the thought system. Why? Because we share the same mind. It's just like if you had one pool of water and you had a whole group of people who were, their whole life was dedicated to purifying the water and then you had um, many more people who were just randomly polluting the water The answer to the question, will we ever have clear water, would totally depend on, well, what are you doing today? What's your choice today? What's your choice in this moment? When you do not share a thought system, you're weakening it. Then it says, all good teachers realize that only fundamental change will last. But they do not begin at that level. Strengthening motivation for change is their first and foremost goal. So what motivates us? Avoiding pain. Most people are motivated far more strongly by avoiding pain or even experiencing pain than they are pulled by a vision of love. So we can move from uh, living our life motivated by pain to choosing to be pulled by a vision of love. It says here, increasing motivation for change in the learner is all that a teacher needs to do to guarantee change. Change in motivation is a change of mind. And this will inevitably produce fundamental change because the change, excuse me, because the mind Mind is fundamental. Now, I, I realize this in myself, and so that's why I've designed my classes like that. So, for instance, uh, I, <laughs> I, um, in my classes like Finding Freedom and Masterful Living, the paid classes where we're doing the work, working in community, really addressing the issues and developing that motivation. What I support people in doing is recognizing that they're actively choosing every day between being pushed by the pain and pulled by the vision so that they can move to in their mind where they're eliminating the need to push themselves with pain, and they can just live pulled by the vision. And they begin to discover how much more enjoyable it is to lead a loving life, how much more enjoyable it is to extend love and to feel prosperous, to feel kind, to feel compassionate. And they see the benefits experienced in their family, in their relationships, in their workplace, in their body, and then the motivation becomes to continue and increase the healing, increase the good feeling, increase the prosperity, increase the well-being, increase the harmony in relationships, 
and increase and increase and increase. So we move from being motivated by avoiding the pain, ending the pain. Uh, a, a lot of spiritual students come into this spiritual path because they want to die, because they're miserable, because they can't stand the suffering anymore. Not that many come onto the path because they feel pulled by a vision. But that's what keeps them on the path, is they catch the vision, the vision view, and they move that in that direction. I love this part here where it says on page 107, uh, paragraph 3, again we're in B, to have peace, teach peace to learn it. The first step in the reversal or undoing process is the undoing of the getting concept. So this is something I speak about so often because I realize that when we're giving to get, we are affirming that we don't already have, so we just experience more lack. If I'm trying to manipulate people to give me something, to give me validation, to give me appreciation, to give me money, to give me time, to give me whatever it is I think I need, I'm affirming that I don't already have the means to get it, that I don't already have the kingdom within if I'm trying to manipulate other people to do something for me. So that's why that first lesson of to have love, extend love is so critical. To have well-being, extend well-being. He says, I said that this is apt to increase conflict temporarily. And we can clarify this still further now. At this point, the equality of having and being is not yet perceived. So when we realize that we have love, we'll realize that really we are love and then we will just be love, having and being. Until it is, ha- until it is, having appears to be the opposite of giving. Having appears to be the opposite of giving. But you see, what we learn is Teach only love because that is what you are. You're always teaching the efficacy of your choices. So when you're being loving, you're teaching it, you're giving it, you're sharing it. And remember, again, we share the same mind. So whatever you're energizing is with your choices is what you're extending. Whatever you're having host to, whatever you're giving host to in your heart, you're giving it away just by energizing it. Even for yourself. Even if you were in a cave in the woods, if you were energizing resentment, you would be giving it away because we share the same mind. If you're energizing self-love and self-care, even if you didn't encounter anybody or discuss it for your whole life, you would be sharing it because we share the same mind. Therefore, the first lesson seems to contain a contradiction to have, give all to all, since it is being learned by a conflicted mind. This means conflicting motivation, and so the lesson cannot be learned consistently as yet. Further, the mind of the learner projects its own conflict and thus does not perceive consistency in the minds of others, making him suspicious of their motivation, right? So if we're giving love to get something, then we're going to be suspicious, like, oh, why would I be patient or kind or loving with them when they're not going to give me what I need or want? And then we're withholding. To have, if you'd like to have love, Give love to all. It doesn't mean that you have to uh, open your house to everyone because we need to be discerning. If people are uh, motivated by the ego, then trusting them to come into your house and treat things well would not be wise. 
but you can still hold them in your heart with love. This is the teaching of A Course of Miracles. It says here, this is the real reason why in many respects the first lesson is the hardest to learn. Still strongly aware of the ego in yourself and responding primarily to the ego in others, you're being taught to react to both as if what you do believe is not true. Upside down as always, the ego perceives the first lesson, which is to have, give all to all, as insane. And it says, the way out of conflict between two opposing thought systems is clearly to choose one and relinquish the other. To have peace, teach peace to learn it. This is why extending love is how we're going to learn love. Extending peace is how we're going to learn it. Extending generosity is how we're going to learn it. Extending kindness is how we're going to learn it. Extend, extend, extend. I also, I I like sharing as well. So I, I call teaching sharing. I'm sharing what I'm learning. I'm sharing what I know. I'm sharing what I've discovered, what I've proven, what I've remembered. To have peace, teach peace to learn it. That's, it's the same thing that's in the prayer on page 28 that we're always quoting. I will be healed as I let the Holy Spirit teach me to heal. I will be healed. As I let the Holy Spirit teach me to heal. So our prayer is, let me learn how to teach, how to share, how to extend. Lack of order of difficulty in miracles has not yet been accepted because nothing is difficult that is wholly desired. So whatever we completely desire in our heart... It's not difficult to learn it, to understand it. Because that which is real, it's already there. It's already in the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom and all else will be added unto you. The third lesson of the Holy Spirit, be vigilant only for God and his kingdom. Yes. It says here, we said before that the Holy Spirit is evaluative and must be. The Holy Spirit sorts out the true from the false in your mind. Now, isn't that a great gift? That the invite the Holy Spirit in to do the sorting from what's true and what's false. Holy Spirit, show me what's false in my mind. Holy Spirit, today let me see clearly the difference between what is true and what is false in my mind. Shine the light of love in my mind so strongly that I can see clearly what's true and what's false. The Holy Spirit teaches us to judge every thought we allow to enter in the light of what God put there in our mind. Whatever is in accord with this light The Holy Spirit retains to strengthen the kingdom in you. What is partly in accord with it, he accepts and purifies. But what is out of accord with the kingdom, entirely he rejects by judging against. This is how the Holy Spirit keeps the kingdom perfectly consistent and perfectly unified. Remember, however, that what the Holy Spirit rejects, the ego accepts. This is because they are in fundamental disagreement about everything. Being in fundamental disagreement about what you are. Right? So the Holy Spirit knows that what we are is perfect love. And the ego thinks that we're fundamentally bad. Holy Spirit knows we're fundamentally good because we're perfect love. Ego is always looking to prove that we're fundamentally bad because we make unloving choices. That's it, right there. 
The Holy Spirit never varies on this point. And so the one mood he engenders is joy. He protects the joy by rejecting everything that does not foster joy. And so the Holy Spirit alone can keep you holy, joyous, completely joyous. Be vigilant only for God and his kingdom. This is a major step towards fundamental change. Yet it is still, yet it still has an aspect of thought reversal. So, through practicing these three lessons of the Holy Spirit, to have, give all to all, to have peace, teach peace, to learn it, and be vigilant only for God in His kingdom, we can practice them. That's Course in Miracles fundamentally. I like when we can find the practical ways to practice day in and day out, moment by moment, hour by hour. It makes life so much easier. We move through things so much more quickly. This is the truth of it. All right. Well, geez, that went by fast. Uh, if you're going to be at the Weekend of Freedom Retreat, I will see you this weekend. We have my Forgive and Be Free Retreat, second weekend in October, followed by my Spiritual Counseling Intensive. At the end of the year, I am offering a New Year's Reboot Retreat at uh, Unity Village. I'm very excited about that. I haven't done a retreat there in some years. And I'm grateful <laughs> that we'll get to join together and start the new year off beautifully. It's not too late to register for the October event, so I encourage you to come and join us if you feel inspired. Doing that forgiveness work before Thanksgiving is so, oh, just uh, oh, sets us up for the rest of the year so beautifully. And I'd like to give a special shout out and a thanks to all those who contribute and donate to make uh, the Living a Course in Miracles classes possible, to make the uh, transcripts of the radio show and the radio show itself possible. God bless you and thank you. You're doing a great service for a great many people. So true. And... Let's take that breath of love and gratitude, place our hand on our heart, and join together with the Holy Spirit here and now. And let the Holy Spirit know that we're interested in the lessons of love that are ours to remember. We are grateful and thankful to dedicate ourselves to being vigilant only for God and to teach only love. We are grateful and thankful that all is well in the mind of God, and that is where we dwell. In gratitude, we let it be. We know it's done, and so it is. Amen. 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 God bless you. Have a great rest of your week.